Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 635. Turning head is like a song, is like a spark, is like a breath that billows me and fans to flame a fire that cannot help but spread and roar your name. Valerian's face lit up. A poet! I should have known you for a poet by how your body moved. The gentle hush of her voice caught me unprepared again. It wasn't that her words were breathy or husky or sultry. It was nothing so tawdry or affected as that. So that when she spoke, I couldn't help but be aware of the fact that her breath was pressed from her breast past the soft sweetness of her throat then shaped by the careful play of lips and teeth and tongue. She came closer, moving on her hands and knees through the pillows. You looked like a poet, fiery and fair. Her voice was no louder than a breath as she cupped my face with her hands. Poets are gentler. They say nice things. There was only one person I'd ever heard whose voice was similar to this. Elodin. On rare occasions, his voice would fill the air as if the world itself were listening. Valerian's voice was not resonant. It did not fill the forest glade. Hers was the hush before a sudden summer storm. It was soft as a brushing feather. It made my heart step sideways in my chest. Speaking thus, when she called me a poet, it did not raise my hackles or make me grit my teeth. From her, it sounded like the sweetest thing a man was ever called. Such was the power of her voice. Valerian brushed her fingertips across my lips. Poet kisses are best. You kiss me like a candle flame. She brought one of her hands back to touch her mouth her eyes bright at the memory. I took her hand and pressed it tenderly. My hands have always seemed graceful, but next to hers they looked brutish and crude. I breathed against her palm as I spoke. Your kisses are like sunlight on my lips. She lowered her eyes, butterfly wings dancing. I felt my mindless need for her slacken and began to understand. This was magic, but nothing like what I knew. Not sympathy or sigildry. Valerian made men mad with desire the same way I gave off body heat. It was natural for her, but she could control it. Her gaze wandered over my tangle of clothes and belongings strewn messily at one corner of the glade. They looked oddly out of place amid the silks and soft colors. I saw her eyes settle on my loot case. She froze. Is my flame a sweet poet? Does he sing? Her voice trembled, and I could feel a tenseness in her body as she waited for an answer. She looked back at me. I smiled. 
Valerian scrambled off and brought back my loot case like a child with a new toy. As I took it, I saw her eyes were wide and... What? And that's the page. I'm, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Nick, and Jordana, is it uh, scrambled off? Oh, I might have. Book? Maybe, let me see. Scampered. I'm sorry. Okay. That was That's okay. I, was, I thought that, that might have been an interesting change. Thalurian's voice coming out of her body reminds me of the way babies cry or the way dogs bark. They're completely unmediated. It's, it's uh, done with their whole body without affect or understanding. Um, and it the, the description to me is very animalistic uh, or very much like a force of nature. And it's I think it's meant to be very inhuman and it works for me. Mm-hmm. I like it. The, you know, the air being pressed. Like we, when we talk to someone, we don't think of it as like her, the breath is being pressed from their chest past the, and shaped by their lips and teeth and tongue, right? Like we just kind of perceive it as, as voice but this is some maybe it's because it's it's un unnatural for her or unusual for her to have to talk maybe that's why but i i feel like it's just meant to be like inhuman and um uncanny i think the way that that you um like are are describing how it how it's meant to be understood makes sense um uh when i like was reading it i was thinking like when it was like the breath like pressed out i was <laughs> it kind of reminded me of when i get an asthma attack <laughs> it's just like your whole chest sort of feels like it's imploding and your breath just leaves i mean yeah it, i see what you're getting at i mean to me it's also just everything about her is so like consciously erotic right? like both can't even think about the way her voice sounds without thinking about her body uh and all the like all these like sexy parts of her body um, but I also agree with you that the way she's described is in terms that are quite animalistic or like primal in ways that I think we are meant to find unsettling. And certainly by the end of this chapter, we definitely, we've seen like the kind of two, the two sides of Flurry and the two ends of her, her spectrum of being. Uh, but I think that's the common threat. She is like a force of nature. But you know who else she kind of reminds me of in this sequence? Howard. Eladin? What? Who? Oh, Howard. go on. Why is that? Well, who else do we know who is never happier than when Quoth is playing music? Who scampers off uh, and returns with things for Quoth? Who begs him to play just one more song on his lute? Very reasonable. Hmm. And also, Auri is described in kind of like She's sort of pale and ethereal and, you know, she she speaks kind of softly, but she always has important things to say. In fact, here you want a crackpot theory? Here's a crackpot theory for you. We have put forward the idea that Auri might be like a, a princess on the run or a princess whose mind was broken. What if Auri is escaped from Fae? What if she's like Falurian's daughter and the experience of entering the mortal world has cracked her? If she is in fact cracked and not just a Fae who's experiencing the world the way a Fae does. Love it. Confirmed. Uh, in one of the first pages when he describes her, he describes her as his little moon Fae. 
so mm-hmm. uh, hidden in plain sight. Uh, it's a fact. Um, uh, done. Uh, confirmed. Time loop confirmed. <laughs> I didn't mention anything about a time loop, but you're so Wait, gung-ho. I've got a time loop. I'm going to say if Nick wants to time loop, I've got a time loop. <laughs> okay, what's your time loop? Well, what if Auri uh, is time loop the child of Quoth and Florian? So they had a kid, but because of the way that time works, maybe by the time Auri has exited Faye, time actually reversed. And so she ends up being like closer to his age or potentially older than him. Uh, weird. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> um. You Nick, said time loop first. Nick, famous hater. Um. <laughs> time loop, yes. Um, Skywalker. Uh, child, yeah. Skywalker-esque yeah, families of, of not destiny, so much. no. <laughs> Confirmed Auri is a Palpatine. Sorry. <laughs> yes, the force is stored in the balls. <laughs> yeah. Can we, just, can, we start, can we bring back? Can we like start saying so and so is a Palpatine? Like that's just such a funny like shorthand for Child of Destiny or whatever. Like that's, that's very funny. Uh, God Almighty. Um, it is also funny that even in Kvothe's kind of overcome state he still can't he can't quite let go of his hatred of poets <laughs> his like irrational dislike <laughs> yeah. of poets and poetry he's well, like the you only- know what i actually i i gotta say that i think this needed to be said because we as readers know that he has this irrational hatred of poets if he didn't mention it it would be weird i think yeah. if he gets called poet over and over and there's no line where he goes actually this didn't bother me i would definitely have gone, hey, how come you don't feel weird about this? Or like, what's your what's your reaction to this? Because he's, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I think that both of our kind of positions can be right here. But I think this has to happen because it's been so well established that he uh, is rankled by being considered a poet. I yes. agree. Mm-hmm. But uh, when a hot babe calls you something, uh, it's pretty hard to take it amiss. Unless she calls you a miss. Mm. And even then. If she's hot enough, she can call me whatever she wants. That's right. It's also, this is what you were talking about earlier. Because he is kind of behaving as she expects and wants him to, she kind of lowers the the heat, like lowers the dial on her, on her mojo. Uh, and he, uh, he like notices it. He realizes like, oh, like she has a glamour on her that is like always on. She can't, she can't make it not be there, but she can control it to some degree. And he can feel that because he feels a bit more like himself. And then, and she does kind of turn it off eventually, or at least like turns it down enough that he doesn't need to be in heart of stone mm -hmm. the whole time. And then a few moments later, turns it up to 11. Yes. (laughs) In a cracking good action scene. Mm -hmm. I think rather than it being like a, turn up turn down it's like an awareness of self thing occurring like like because it's her Mm. natural state to be the most sexy um i think she has to actively think about it to turn it down um and that it might like it might have been a thing she had to learn to do Mm. okay how do you square that with the fact that she can also like turn it up like this like the, the state that it's i think she at, can just turn it up the more excited she is about something 
Yeah, I I I feel you, Jordana. Like, so the one thing is that I feel like she's eternal. I don't think she was ever born. I don't think she ever had to learn anything. I think that oh. she just is. But I do agree with you that um, it's sort of like related to her desire. It's less about like I'm going to to put less points into my bewitch power for this round, and more about like it's more like an emotional reaction, or it's more like a. Um, I think body heat is not actually a great metaphor because you can't control how much body heat you're putting out. I think it's it would be a bit like, uh, actually, I don't have a good metaphor. Yeah. It's sort of like your energy, right? Like when you're in a bad mood, you can sort of like modulate the amount of bad energy you're kind of casting out. Like you, you know, um, if you really want to like bring a room down with your energy, you can. If you kind of know how to do it, and vice versa, you can like exude good energy. So I kind of feel it's a bit like that. Um, but I do think that it's like kind of emotional and uh, reflexive. I agree with you that it is emotional, but I think that it's more broad than being tied to her desire because, spoiler alert, in two pages she gets angry when Quoth defies her and cranks it up. So I think that it is tied to her emotional state. Uh, and maybe that's the degree to which she can control it. And I want to be clear, when I was talking about temperature, I was like setting the, the thermostat in your house is what I was thinking of, like literally turning a dial. Turning turning the horny dial hmm. uh, and looking back to the audience to see how they react. Oh, I get Turn it. Turn down the for Thermostat, what? but on a hot summer day. So like if you wanted to, you could turn your thermostat up higher than it is outside. Yeah. But like the natural state is still very warm. Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, I, I think. think we are. I think we're saying the same thing. Like I think you're right that it takes her a conscious like there is a baseline that it's resting at and it takes her making some kind of effort to to turn it up or down, but I also think that it can turn that her aura for lack of a better term can also react to her, like to her subconscious, right? To her emotions. Reasonable. We have a letter today. Really? And uh, this this is a short letter. And almost all the other letters in our mailbag are quite long. So I, I, I know I admonished someone in the past for writing long letters and then dialed it back and said, you can write long letters if you want. But it's hard to get a long letter in uh, if we have a, a relatively long episode. So listeners, I encourage you to write in. Uh, but... Uh, if you do write a long letter, uh, don't expect it to be read unless we have a, a really short episode. Um, this is from John, our magical friend, who writes on page 631, The Bandit Leader and Casting. Hail Trio, Martin shoots the bandit leader, who then looks at the arrow, pauses for a moment, and points directly to where Martin and Quoth are located on the ridge. Which do you think is most likely? The leader looked at the arrow and determined where it came from, given the storm that's going on, or that he was able to establish a sympathetic link back to the rest of Martin's arrows. Uh, Terry Crews as Kilvin just needs to grow his beard out. Magically, John. Um, I think it's uh, more supernatural than that. I don't think it's sympathetic link necessarily. I think it's sort of like detecting a presence or or uh, seeing an aura or, or something, or like a Nazgul scent. Uh, I don't think it's sympathy. I think uh, sympathy is too mundane for for these creatures. And uh, Terry Crews is Kilvin, like fine. I have, I, I mean, I like Terry Crews, but I gotta say, I have never really like been impressed by a performance of his. I think he's a charismatic guy, but he's always kind of playing Terry Crews, which you know is fine for 
the roles he takes. But I think that Kilvin needs a bit of introspection and gravitas and uh, discomfort almost. Like Kilvin seems to me like an uncomfortable guy until he's with his artifacts. And I, I have yet to uh, encounter a performance by Terry Crews uh, where where I think he has that. Uh, but, you know, I'm willing to be uh, surprised and I wouldn't mind seeing him with a big bushy beard. That'd be pretty fun. I agree with you about the arrow. I think that the bandit leader, whether he's a Chandrian or not, like is doing something more supernatural than than just plain old sympathy. Uh, or he's doing, you know, math and he's looking at the the arrow came from this way. And that's the best. That's where I would be if I like looking in that direction behind that ridge is where I would be if I was an archer. <laughs> Jordana, can you do the, the the calculation meme? Can you do a comic where it's Martin shoots him and then it it does calculation meme on the bandit's face and then he points up at the. Uh, I mean, I'll make it if you ridge, send me the... all the specs and, sure. and whatever meme you're talking about because I haven't got a you. You know the calculation meme. I it's don't. like the lady who's going uh, and then all the little calculations are in front of her face. Uh, I don't. I don't I have no idea. I'll Google it right now. We'll we'll show it to you. Uh, in terms of casting for Kilvin, I think you need someone who has a bit more of that, like, you need a heftier person than Terry Crews. Terry Crews is, like, swole, but he's not, he doesn't have the kind of, like, he's body that tall. I picture a blacksmith kind of guy yeah. having. I'm picturing someone more like I'm thinking Brian, of Brian Tyree, Tyree Henry. My God. Yeah, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Simpatico. That's right. Okay, which I have is to probably Google this person. What is their name? Brian Tyree Henry. He played Phaistos in uh, The Eternals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely better Kilvin vibe off that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep him coming. We love we love fan casting, don't we, folks? And we'll fan cast you on tomorrow's page. Well, hang on, hang on. We have, we have one more thing. Oh, yeah. Speaking of keeping him coming, we have an announcement to make, and it is that we are going to go on another break in um, several pages' time. We're going to wrap up chapter 99, and then uh, before we begin chapter 100, uh, we are going to take a little break. We're going to take a couple months off. Um, we are, uh, we have, we've talked about it. We've had a podcast meeting. And we are uh, stepping into the fringes of burnout once again. So rather than risk that and risk resentment, uh, we are going to take a little breaky. So uh, fair warning, fair listeners, we're going to continue our um, Patreon episodes as we did in the previous breaks. Uh, but uh, it will be at uh, after page 654. We will be taking a break for a couple of months. I, I think our current plan is to return uh, on September the first, uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to ready to keep on trucking. If that plan changes, we will let you know. Yes. So keep an eye on our Twitter, which is the social media that we're most active on, uh, for any updates. We don't expect that to change. Uh, we just need a little breather. Mm-hmm. Life, she do be a bitch. <laughs> It just keeps going. Everything keeps happening more and more. It's happening all the time. Uh, and yeah, we ain't going. You're saying it, that things keep happening. We ain't going yeah. no further. Uh, we've had a breather. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Uh, Jordana, I'm 100%. Uh, I think we really absolutely need to make this comic of calculating meme. Um, extremely funny. Great content. We're, we're sure to get much karma when we post it. So I will. Uh, I'll, I'll connect with you. Uh, we'll have a discovery call 
and you can uh, you can submit your RFP. Is uh, that a call great. where you watch all four seasons of Star Trek Discovery? No. Yeah, we should do that too. I actually, I, I need to. I feel like I need to do that. So maybe that's what we can do in our break. We can all sit together and watch uh, Star Trek Discovery and the new show. I guess Strange New Worlds all, is really good. I watched the first episode with Alice, and we liked it? it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is Star Trek Discovery? Does it have TNG on? vibes? It. It's on Crave. Oh, Let's take this that. off the air. Is it not? Uh, we'll okay. see you tomorrow, okay. uh, where no man has gone before <laughs> on another page. Um. The. Win. Win.